After Buzzers, we're so excited to talk about Sun Records Episode 2, Out of the Groove, so stick around. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, After Buzzers. <laughs> Starting it out nice and slow for you tonight. With some Eddie Arnold. We are oh. loving don't mind if I yodel for a minute. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bottoming out here. Well, guys, thank you guys so much for joining us again. I'm not alone today. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Tamara Brown. Tamara Brown, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Brown Tamara, or you can find me on, uh, let's say, YouTube at Hey Tamara. Perfect. And I'm Allie Nasta. You can find me on Twitter at Allie Nasta or on Instagram at Allie Girl. And um, so we've got some Eddie Arnold on as we introduced you guys to, which um, we kind of see him um, a little bit with the Colonel getting his business swag on in order to sell some records. But before we get just into... Already taken his 25%, the Colonel. <laughs> yes. Loving it so much. He is definitely a businessman. Before we get into all of these different um, characters and people and kind of their bios, what are your thoughts so far on the on the show overall? Obviously, it's only episode two. But we didn't get yeah. to hear your thoughts on episode Only one. episode two. It's we're still I feel like we're still in the uh, we're still setting the table. We're mm-hmm. still just getting, you know, getting everybody in place. It's I think right now they're still doing like for anybody who's not familiar with Sun Records or haven't seen the millions of movies about Johnny Cash's life and mm-hmm. Elvis's life and even Jerry Lee Lewis's life, if who hasn't right. seen Great Balls of Fire or Walk the Line or, you know, every every movie, you know. This isn't new territory, but maybe we're, um, you know, still having to introduce who these people are to, right. you know, anybody who might not know about it. So I feel Definitely. like we're still in those, like, introductory phases of, you know, explaining, you know, what how the record label um, got started and who everybody is in place. Yeah, and I'm actually, me personally, I'm loving that introductory phase because there are some of the artists that I didn't necessarily know or know too much about. Obviously, I heard the names. Like, I've heard Jerry Lou, Lou Lee Lewis, sorry, um, and I've heard, like, I actually have never heard of Eddie Arnold, so I had to look up Eddie Arnold to figure out who he was, to be like, is this someone that is scripted into the show, or is it a real artist, and obviously, that is my poor knowledge, so please, it's not anything about the show, it's just my poor knowledge on not knowing who Eddie Arnold was. Um, I don't so- think so far anybody's not in, I mean, the only character that I had thought we had talked before the show, and the only character that I had thought was fictional was Miriam. And um, you explained to me that she was actually, yeah, part of you know the the in, um, beginning success of Sun. So yeah, yeah no, that's she good. yeah, and I definitely was researching, and it's made me research all of these characters and kind of their backstories. Which um, I guess we can jump into the first person that I kind of wanted to talk about was Johnny Cash, um, who's played by Kevin Fontaine, and. I think he's doing a phenomenal job of capturing Johnny, especially because I saw the movie Walk the Line. I don't know about you. Have you seen it? Sure. So that was kind of where I got my first introduction to Johnny Cash, and not the music, but just his backstory and kind of who he was as a person. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so far, I think that we're getting a really great glimpse of who he was before Walk the Line kind of introduced us, because it's before he got famous. And I feel like that movie just kind of started off when he was doing music and all of that. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about kind of getting introduced to him as a as a teenager leaving for war all of that before we kind of 
have, get to introduce to the character of the artist, Johnny Cash. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, so far it's it's good. It's We knew, you know, he... We knew he went to um, Europe while he was in the military. Um, I knew that Vivian was his first wife. Uh, didn't realize that they were separated for three years while he was in the service. Right. That part I didn't know. Um, you know, uh, will probably come into play his tumultuous relationship with his dad at some point. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they call him JR uh, in this episode um, because, you know, that's what people he grew up with called him. And, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's doing a good job. Definitely. And what I found uh, really great, too, was I looked back to see, obviously I knew Vivian was his wife, but I didn't know their history and that they were separated for the three years. And they actually, they knew each other for three weeks. He went to war and they sent love letters to each other throughout the whole three years. Yeah. Could you even Which imagine? Sounds, it sounds crazy now, but at that time, that wasn't uncommon like yeah. so many people especially like you know the way um one of his buddies said like i'm shipping out uh you know some like i'm gonna make it happen tonight because i'm shipping out tomorrow yeah um you know that was a common thing for a time when there was still a draft and mm-hmm. you know most um uh american men were in the military you know, i wouldn't say most but a, yeah. a large portion far more than now um you know that was the reality of life so i feel like that happened you know, it it wasn't uncommon. Now it sounds, it seems crazy to do that. But also, it seems, it you know, now it's also kind of impossible because you could, you know, FaceTime yeah, every day. Yeah, and, and like it that. just like wouldn't be as yeah. difficult. But yeah, I thought that was such a great part of their love story that I hadn't known before the show. Which that's something that I'm loving is just getting all those little like itty bitty pieces of information that I necessarily wouldn't have known before. So then I'm looking it up, trying to figure out if it's real, and it clearly all is so mm-hmm. far. Um, and but it's good too that um, I, I hope that in this because um, Walk the Line and some other biographical stuff on Johnny Cash has kind of vilified uh, yeah. Vivian Cash, Vivian yeah. Cash a little bit, and um, I bet like you know Roseanne Cash and, and their kids probably want to have her seen in um, a different, a light. more positive light. So of I'm hope this you know I, I bet I bet that's what their plan is. You know she's she was pleasant in this episode. Um, they'll have her her character, you know, be. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's a great point because we only saw her, you know, through the stages of their divorce. Almost, I feel like in Walk the Line, and she was and, just like nagging him and didn't yeah. want him to pursue his career and stuff like that. So of course, she came off as like, yeah. But you know, meanwhile, she had waited three years right. to like yes. have finally fallen in love with this man. So I mean, so it, it's good to see that side of it her. It is, now. and you give her a lot of credit too for knowing. I mean, this was this was true love mm-hmm. from what they knew and what I'm watching. So. So great, but going into other loves, some not as uh, um, as good as others, which Marion um, is sleeping with Sam Phillips, which is kind of causing this awkward tension between her and Becky, his actual wife, where, I mean, I'm feeling bad for Becky. How do you feel about this situation? Um, it's... Yeah, I mean, you feel <laughs> you feel sorry for the person that's cheated on. I'd yeah. say that's a pretty common emotion. But um, I also I I feel like um, this is a kind of a trope. Like I was expecting that to happen uh-huh. um, because you know uh, you work together, especially um, in that uh, a, a woman that had that much say so in that era. Mm-hmm. Like it seems pretty natural that the characters would 
have a little affair. Fling. So, yeah. <laughs> Which it kind of seems more like a fling. We were introduced that they had been doing this in Nashville as well. It wasn't just a one-night thing. It's something that they've kind of been mm, been doing mm-hmm. for a while. So what I thought was kind of something I wanted to look back at and maybe do some more research on is where, like, how did Sam and Becky's relationship start? Because from what I'm seeing, it doesn't seem like they have anything in common. He's more, she wants to just have a family. He has these dreams he wants to chase after. He's more unconventional than she is. So I'm just kind of wondering how they fell, how they fell in love. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, what did you think? I mean, when Becky, she's constantly like, I don't understand what you're doing, but it's fine, do it. But then, we need to talk about what we're doing for our child, which it is Sam kind of isn't really in that family mode. Yeah, like you said, I'd like to know the reality of, of that relationship. Um, because we see um, in so many um, other stories, not just about these specific um, musicians, but mm-hmm. it's it's also, you, you always see the sort of the nagging wife character that yeah. doesn't want her amazingly creative husband to pursue his art because he's so uh, forward-thinking that she just doesn't get it. And um, I guess (laughs) just a little bit from a feminist perspective, I'm like, girl, get your life too. You know, like, (laughs) she can... So um, I'm I'm rooting for her, but also, like, I, I... I mean, I'm sympathizing with her, but Mm -hmm. I'm also rooting for this character to maybe not just be based around him. Mm-hmm. Well, all we know about her is her love for him. She's yeah. worried where he is. Oh, he just got home. She wants to make sure he's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, now what this about? Like, let's, let's w- w- hey, what about Becky? Let's, yeah. You know? No, that's what I'd love to know a little bit more of her backstory, which like I said, I mean, it's it's egging me to do all this research um, after the show, but just kind of jumping into Sam's character, we see that he he's not only the owner of this record company, he's a producer, he's an artist himself, he has all of these different dynamic um, characteristics, mm-hmm. which it's crazy because you can see his his kind of villainous side to him but at the same time you can't help but feel some sort of compassion because he's so um I, I don't I don't know how to explain it but he's just so yeah. to have for I mean it's pretty revolutionary honestly for a white man in the south to have grabbed on to uh R&B the way that he did yeah. in that era so that is um you know that's kudos to him for and Elvis for you know grabbing onto that mm-hmm. um uh yeah, you know, I, I mean, at the same time, other arguments could be made about um, that come up a lot in modern conversations about, um, you know, whatever. I won't get into <laughs> yeah. that, but um, you know, he's um, it's it, he is a pioneer. I mean, yeah. he's a pioneer. So um, for rockabilly music, so it's great that you know they they're always um, a. Uh, a, a little bit of the devil and angel in both yeah, of them. Exactly. And I mean, just to speak about Chad Michael Murray's performance so far, I I think just over, he's doing a phenomenal job. And I mentioned this in the first episode of our after show, just mentioning how I've seen him in so many different characters and he's usually just this like Prince Charming character. So mm-hmm. it's really great to see this other side of him and his other um, artistic ability. Because I think the way he's capturing the twang of just the voice is is blowing my mind. It just every time I'm watching each one of these characters, I mean, they're all these actors and actresses. I think they've gotten like the best uh, like 
Like, it's just, they're all so amazing. I sit there and watch, and I'm so convinced, and we were talking about this before. I mean, how do you feel about the performances and how they're kind of depicting each character? Yeah, I think they do a great job so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Jerry Lee Lewis, I, when he started, like, just talking, I had been looking at them on, like, social media and stuff and just kind of doing some precursor research before, and I think they're English, so I, it was really the interesting. Actress. Yeah, the actor, sorry. So I think that it was it was really great to hear them and this twang. I'm like, you guys are blowing my mind. You're so amazing. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we're just seeing the beginning of Jerry Lewis's character, which that's going to be so cool to kind of see how that gets started. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see. I, I hope they keep Jimmy Swaggart in it because, you know, his, his story, uh, <laughs> helping Jerry Lee Lewis sort of um, hone his devil music, you know, and then go on to be an ev- a t- television evangelist. Like, yeah. that was a pleasant surprise um, in this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Jimmy Swaggart. Yeah, and I mean, that's a great point that you made because it kind of was like he was his mentor. He kept kind of telling him and giving him the bits and pieces that he needed mm-hmm. in order to find his art and to find what he's good at. So, I mean, we only saw a really small glimpse of that. So hopefully we'll see, we'll see more of those characters. Because there's a fine of- line, you know, they're both raised in such a religious mm-hmm. um uh, community and a religious yeah. background and everything like that and you know again with the reality of that time is like this music was so you know secular and it was just seen as like you don't want to get into that rock and roll yeah. and you don't want to you know um tarnish church music and stuff like that yeah. so it's like um it's it's a fine line that they're walking between being pious but also coming you know like playing with new music styles yeah and I mean, speaking of a little bit of new music styles, is Elvis. We see him going against his family's word and going against even someone. He's fighting with the temptations of even, okay, there's a girl that I like and I might not possibly get her again, but I'm still going to do what I want to do. I'm still going to go to the church and I'm going to listen to the music and I'm going to sing with him mm-hmm. with them. And I think that's great to kind of know that that was Elvis's. He's like, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I'm going to yeah. do what I think is right. And when I think the music should be like produced by or produced as. Now Elvis is from Tupelo, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So those scenes are all in Mississippi. Oh, right. Well, you're, yeah. So I'm keep... I'm trying because they're these these aren't and Jerry Lee's in Louisiana. Right. These are all like I'm uh, different. They're different stories. They're pieced not together. Yeah. They're not. They're all gonna. It's gonna sliding doors a little bit. They're gonna yeah. come together. Um, so I was I was just trying to remind myself, like, oh, Elvis isn't going to walk into Sun Records in a second. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think I had remembered that in the first episode. In this episode, I, that totally washed out of my mind. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, like, yeah, I think we feel like we need a map. Like, okay, this is where everybody is. They're not near <laughs> yeah, each exactly. other. Um, and I think it was a little hard because the last uh, preview, we saw a little bit of a preview of the whole season. Yes, which I, I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll get into that just a bit. Just to kind of go, we we see Elvis. I mean, we didn't get too much of him this episode. We got a little bit more on the last one. Um, but we see... Sam Phillips in the studio, really honing on his art. And we have Joe Bahari, um, who's played by Mike Horton. And he really was kind of confused at first that 
why are you messing with my time? This is my mm-hmm. studio time. Let them record and let us get out. Yeah, he's clearly, he's kind of the, a bad guy in this episode. Yeah. Um, there was the thing with the B.B. King's contract, too. And so it's like, yeah, I, it's 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 always fun to make the, the villainous record producer. Like, yeah. it's always um, such a fun character. But, yeah. And you kind of saw him flirting with Marion in the beginning, and she was just not having any of it. She's like, okay, cool, let's just get this, like, going, and you can stop talking to me now. Um, But also, he had made a um, comment to Sam Phillips later um, when he left, when he was trying to sell him on the Bebop Boy, Mm -hmm. and he said, you keep on slugging. And I felt like that's going to come back and bite him, and that's going to be an altercation between Sam Phillips and Joe Bahari kind of being like, well, I kept slugging, and look at all the people that I've, right. I've made happen. Right. Um, was there something that you wanted he, to say? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I wrote that down, too, that line. Um, oh, because, yeah, he said, it's too raw. Are you t- the part where, um, yeah... Sam gave him the, yeah, Sam gave him the record. Of the Bebop Boy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he said, it's it's too raw. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just kind of, like, smirked and was just like, here's your track, I'll see you later kind mm-hmm. of altercation. And I thought it was great that when he said, you keep slugging, I looked at that and was like, okay, this is definitely, Sam Phillips in his mind is like a Bruin. Okay, I know who you are now. Um, and he had a great idea, which... Dewey Phillips, the um, radio host, is the one that introduced them to each other. And at first, I obviously didn't know too much of the back history, but I thought Dewey Phillips and him were related somehow because they all were saying cuz, which obviously Mm -hmm. it's a slang word. It's not necessarily, but I looked up, they're not related. They just were friends and they kind of helped each other out. Yeah. Um, And this is back in the time where, you know, DJs really had an impact on music and what yeah. became popular records. Like certain DJs had the power to, you know, make an artist more popular or some of them were more under the thumb of a mm-hmm. certain label or a certain manager or something like that. But it's kind of like a sad lost art, you know, because yeah. D- you know, uh radio has lost its importance mm-hmm. and so uh like cultural importance so that, you know, who is the person that single, you know, can backdoor slide a a song into the mainstream. You know, like, that just doesn't really happen anymore. I feel like if that did happen, there'd be someone, someone would be let go. I don't feel like that would slide as much as it did back in, back in these days. Yeah, it would, it would be neat if there was, like, some sort of, um, uh, like, analogous to what the DJ was then to, you know, who's, who, who's the person that you want to secretly slide a record into their hands because maybe they can do you a a solid, you know? Yeah, no. And we saw that happen with Eddie Arnold. He was like, play this every day at 210 and we will make sure this happens, which we see a really good glimpse of how Colonel is as a businessman and how he's going to be for all of these other artists. So, um, very much a carny man, Colonel, like he knew how to wheel and deal. Exactly. Exactly. And Eddie was like, we'll just take the Columbia deal. He's like, there is no deal. That can't happen. Come on, let's do this. Um, And it was cool to see the introduction of him just trying to sell off dancing chickens in the beginning at the (laughs) carnival. So, And then he becomes this great business man and manager. Um, Mm -hmm. And not really a colonel. Yeah. He was was named uh, colonel by the the governor of, I think it was the governor of Louisiana. Oh, really? He was in the Louisiana militia. Oh. Um, which is, you know, not official uh, military, but yeah. he was named an honorary colonel, and then the nickname always stuck. 
Oh, so, that's a fun fact. Yeah, so he's, you know, uh, what a cool nickname, but <laughs> he was in the Army, but, um, and he also wasn't an American citizen when he was in the Army, because he was born in the Netherlands. I did, I did read on that, yeah. which was really, I think he, there was something else I read too, which I can't remember right now, but yeah, he's, he's really, it's really interesting to see how that all kind of pans together, but so far, I mean, I just, I'm, I feel like I'm learning so much more about this era, and it's making me appreciate the music even more. There's a playlist on iTunes radio, or like radio, and it's just oldies, mm-hmm. and you can just, it's just, you can play it anytime, and I've been listening to it lately, and it's been helping me kind of just like correlate the two, and mm-hmm. just kind of watch the history, and then listen to the music, and I feel like it means so much more. Yeah. Call me cheesy or corny, but I feel <laughs> like it does, because there's some things that I didn't necessarily know, and we're only two episodes in, so I might be getting ahead of myself. Um, but I just, I no, think it's... go for it. Get yeah. it, girl. Get into <laughs> I it. I mean, yeah. I am. And I just feel like these actors are doing such a great um, deal of making these stories come to life and making these people who were known in, like, all over the world as household names. And I feel like they really are bringing them into such a great light as, mm-hmm. as actors. Well, known in household names later on. Yes. Elvis was, he had the most earliest success, mm-hmm. but... It was it was a while until um, at least ten years before anybody like Johnny Cash or yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis was a household name. Yeah. But Definitely. now, of course, they're just interwoven into the fabric of American music. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they definitely are. Um, but was there something that you wanted to you mention? You said we'll get it. You wanted to get into it later. I forget what it was. Uh, I, well, when we talk about the upcoming episodes. Right, or, or, or like predictions. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, I mean, we kind or of... I can bring it up now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can bring it up now. Cause oh, I just much... thought I was really excited to see that Ike Turner is coming into the next episode. Because what a meaty character. What an <laughs> evil but awesome... Like, I'm such a big fan of Ike and Tina. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited to see, um, you know, the the crossover we have here. With, and but, uh, but also, you know, he was... Uh, obviously not a good man uh, so this is just going to be like a really um a meaty character I'm, I'm excited to see where where this goes yeah you'll have to forgive me because i'm gonna have to do some more research because i'm not sure if i quite know who yeah. he is well you know Which, I, so i you, uh tina turner um was oh, okay. with the so ike turner um through the 60s 50s and 60s um had ike or uh Ike and Tina review, uh-huh. and Tina was the lead singer, and then there were the Ikeettes as the oh, backup singers. Okay, and this is like you know the songs, you know like Proud Mary, um, uh, a lot of um, left a good job in the city. Oh, yeah. working for me yes, every night yes. and day. That's her, I do that's know that. Move. Okay, but he, in, he Ike and Tina were married, mm-hmm. and then he was. They, she suffered a lot of domestic abuse. He was oh, a wife beater. Okay, okay. Um, for years and years and years and years. But before, but he was also like before that, like, you know, he cheated on his. He always cheated on whatever woman he was previously with. Um, you know, with the next one that came along and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, um, yeah, it's a really interesting story. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's really cool to see who all ends up becoming Iquettes because his backup singers uh-huh. all have like different interesting careers of them are their own. Oh. And it's just like I that's what's fun about this show is that I just like can't wait to see um, kind of like how we said like uh, I don't I I'm not sure if any of the characters are actually f- are going to if there's going to be a fictional character in yeah. this show because everybody seems to 
you know, have a real history with it. And I, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of the, I want to see more of the obscure artists of Sun Records. We want to see some Carl Perkins. Um, I doubt they're going to get it. There's a studio, uh, Charlie Feathers was a studio musician for Sun Records, Mm -hmm. but he never really, he had like a a couple songs with Sun, but they never, his, his bigger hits, he had moved on to another label because Sam Phillips wasn't really into him. Um, but I want to see, I, I just, I'm really looking forward to different artists and seeing all the characters that are going to come into, come into play. I totally agree. And with that being said, I guess we should get into some predictions, which Sweet. I feel like it's a little hard doing yeah. some predictions. Well, it's, it's, but I guess it's more it's like weird. What we're next. It's weird with a show that's a true story <laughs> to come up with predictions. Like... Uh, I predict that Johnny Cash will meet June Carter and... <laughs> in three episodes. No, I feel like it's just one of those things where maybe we can just guess what's going to happen next and what characters they might introduce to us. Because like we said, we're not really sure. Like, I, I'm assuming all of this is based off of biographical things and there's going to be very minimal script, like people mm-hmm. thrown in there for the script. So maybe it's just, maybe we change predictions more to who we would like to see mm-hmm. in the next episode. I tell you what I'd like. What? Let's get Jerry Lee Lewis in the studio. Yes. <laughs> yes, alive. that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, still alive. I was like, I mean, hey, Christian Lees and uh, Jonah no, Lees. real Jerry Lee Lewis. He's still alive. He's like 90, he's like 96. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. That, <laughs> that, would, that never, would be epic. Would it would happen, never happen. But, but that would be epic. <laughs> um, but I guess maybe I'm just, I want to see more of... Um, I don't even know. I, I guess I just want to see more of everybody. We've only had two episodes to kind of see a little bit of history, mm-hmm. but I can only imagine how much further that's going to take us and just kind of seeing the little intricate things that happen that they don't necessarily talk about. Yeah. We're going to be introduced to um, Chess, the owner of Chess Records. Mm-hmm. Are we going to, um, you know, the other Memphis label is Stax. I wonder if we're going to come across the um, brother and sister team that started up Stax Volt. There's a lot of music, you know, it's it's a really great um it's almost it's like watching the history channel on like music of the 50s yeah you know in the 60s only it's it's like a, a narrative so it's just um yeah i can't wait to see um i know chess is coming up and can't wait to see who else pops in i know um, it's gonna be fun this- who do let me see who do you want to see um, I feel like I don't even know who I want to see yet because I'm. I just need to go back and I know I'm the kind of person too where there's a lot of songs and I'm. I grew up loving the oldies mm-hmm. and like 50s and 60s music. My mom had this oldies CD that I um I just listened to on repeat and there was 10 songs that I would listen to and I can't even think of them right now. But just like this is the kind of music that it was and mm-hmm. so I didn't even know some of them. I didn't know the names of them, but I would hear the music and I would just know every single word. Yeah. So I feel like that's going to be how this show goes for me. It's going to be very surprising and exciting. So like, I know who that is. <laughs> awesome. But it's going to show me the history a little bit yeah, more. Cool. Which, I think that's what the purpose of the show is. You know? Yeah, it's to, just... To introduce it to a younger generation. Exactly. And, um, you know, a generation who honestly only is familiar, in, in a lot of ways, um, only familiar with these people through, you know, blockbuster movies. And exactly. Stuff like that. So, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's hopefully we need, um, I'd love to have more of the, I ho- I wish I want them to play more of the music, not like through the story, but like, you know, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino uses uh, a lot of sun music in mm-hmm. his, um, features and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I think, you know, this type of music just adds 
just thematically just through transitions let's throw in some more throw in some charlie feathers throw yeah. in some carl perkins throw in yeah. some johnny carroll i think he was on sun I'm, I'm pretty sure um but like some of these like artists that yeah. are not you know you can hear great balls of fire a million times but let's hear more of the like obscure ones and yeah. introduce those to the masses so. i'm wondering if um i think i read something about when uh, Dylan, I mean, sorry, Drake Milligan had mentioned something about it's one of the Elvis songs. I'm not sure if they're allowed to. There's certain songs that they're not allowed to air. I bet. Yeah. So I think there's licenses. certain rich- But yeah. again, that's why, like, that's another reason to play the obscure ones because yeah. they're a lot easier to license. That's true. No, that, and that would be great. I mean, even just having that that little scene with B.B. King and, and Sam Phillips kind of saying, mm-hmm. okay, that was, stop that and then start this again. Just that bluesy mm-hmm. music was so great to hear. You just couldn't help but just kind of like grew to yeah. it. It was like, yeah, all right. Totally. So, oh, I know who I'm looking forward to seeing. All right, who is uh, it? Wanda Jackson. I wonder Wanda if she's going to be in, they're going to introduce her because she, I know she dated Elvis in the 50s. Okay. Um, so I wonder if the, she's, Wanda Jackson is known as the queen of rockabilly, but I don't think she was, I don't think she was signed to Sun or if it was, it was for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong about that, but, um, but she's known like now as the queen of rockabilly so yeah and she's got a very um um maybe we should yeah I, we should play one of her songs because she's got such a like froggy she's uh-huh. some people like to rock she's got like <laughs> such a froggy voice but i love her she's still alive too yeah um so we'll get her and, and jerry lee lewis in the studio <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> only in our hopes and dreams <laughs> well i guess with that being said i mean i'm really excited for this series i am already hooked after the pilot the second episode i'm just ready for what's gonna happen next and what more history we're gonna be introduced to um but thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will make sure to catch make sure you catch us next week um again tamra where can they find you uh, i'm tamra brown you can find me on twitter at brown tamra and i'm ellie nasta you can find me on twitter at ellie nasta and on instagram at ellie girl see you guys next week from executive producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire AfterBuzz tv staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz tv network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 